Hey, this is Mandy and Kim with Next Talk, where we are passionate about keeping kids safe in the digital world. Did you know we have tens of thousands of listeners in 60 countries? It's truly amazing. Crazy. Only God. And as a nonprofit, everything we do at Next Talk is supported by people just like you. Be a part of changing the culture of conversation in your home and around the globe by making a donation today. Go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. And check out our resources while you're there. More than cyber parenting conversations to connect. Okay. So growing up, you know, we all have dreams. We all have hopes and things that we're passionate about. And I wanted to be a fly girl. Do you know what that is for salt and pepper? (laughs) (laughs) It's a backup dancer. That's super awesome. I really thought I was going to do, I was like head of the dance team. And I was like, that is my goal. And, you know, then I grew up graduated from school. And I was like, I need some realistic goals, like for my family, for my future. And so I thought it'd be more realistic to shift over to being a mom of five, making my own baby food, using cloth diapers, because I'm aware of the environment. I was going to have this spotless house. Like I imagined my cleaning routine and people could come over anytime and it would be like immaculate. I was going to cut sandwiches into shapes every day for my kids, like star, heart, unicorn. Like seriously, these were my dreams. I would tell my husband at the time. And then I even, because of my background in radio and I've always been kind of driven in my career, I was like, and I will also be, you know, a top five show host for radio at the same time, maybe do marketing on the side. I just, I wanted to have my own business. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, like all the things. And I thought, that seems realistic, much better than being a fly girl. And so I thought that was good. Well, from now on, everybody's going to call you fly girl, Kim, because that that sticks. We need a shirt. (laughs) Kind of okay with me. It's kind of okay. (laughs) I figured that would be okay with you. (laughs) And nobody in my family would bat an eye. They'd be like, yes, yes. So (laughs) I, I mean, I think this is hysterical because when we started talking about this, I had similar goals. (laughs) I remember thinking, not the fly girl part, because I can't dance. <laughs> you, you see me. <laughs> it's special. I, <laughs> I have other gifts and talents, but you dancing do. is not. Totally do. <laughs> <laughs> You're the dancer. Um, yeah, my dream was to be a top attorney. Like I would be killing it. But I would also have my goal was four kids making biscuits from scratch every morning for breakfast. Of course. And and growing beautiful flowers and fresh vegetables in my garden in the backyard <laughs> on the farm that we lived in, you know, that was well manicured and nobody ever had to, you know, do anything like clean up the manure or anything like that. <laughs> no, that <short>. was <laughs> no, just bliss. Just happened. <laughs> just bliss. I mean, I, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, oh, Bless your heart, Mandy. Bless your mm. heart. <laughs> it's funny now we can laugh and say that, but I do remember those moments, like standing in the kitchen crying over the stupid baby food maker that I was trying to work and it not working and being stressed and overwhelmed and feeling like a failure because nobody said, hey, Kim, that's not realistic. Like you've got lots of gifts, but that's a little bit too much. I, I remember when I had the moment when I realized this is not achievable. Mm-hmm. Something has to give here. Yeah. I have to make choices because there's 24 hours in a day. 
I remember that moment and it broke me. And literally, it's one of the reasons why I was on the path to law school. I was accepted to law school. Matt was going to help me get through law school. Um, We weren't married yet, but we had a whole plan, you know, on me focusing on law school. And then he would do his master's and all the things like we had worked it all out so we could both chase our career paths. And I remember having the moment that I was like, I'm getting ready to go into debt for law school. Like I couldn't afford it. Right. And so what if I don't want to be that? Or what if something changes and, you know, I, we do have a family sooner than, than I thought. And that was the moment where I was like, I've got to make some serious decisions right now. And it was not fun. And it was Mm -hmm. really not fun telling my family because what they saw was, oh my gosh, this has always been your dream. And now you're giving it up for Matt. And that was like totally not the situation, but it mm-hmm. was me. It was me coming into reality of how am I going to juggle all this? Yeah. When you are growing up and as you're becoming an adult, trying to find that balance of dreams and expectations and things that you think are realistic with reality. Like what can I actually handle and what can I actually do good? And that applies to everyone. But I think you're right. This isn't really about what you choose for your career or how many hours you work or whatever. We want to really focus on when you have these big dreams and we see them in our kids. My kid comes home and says, mom, I'm going to be an NFL player. I'm going to do that one day. And I'm over here thinking, oh my, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) But what is my line as a parent? Because I don't want to squelch that dream. What if God has an amazing, miraculous dream for him? I don't want to squelch it, but at the same time, I do want to tell him what I wish someone would have told me. 100%. I I will say my mom did a good job of encouraging my dreams and passions, but also saying like, hey, here's some other things that you're good at. And so as I was talking about wanting to be this fly girl dancer, <laughs> she was like, yeah. she was like, yeah, girl, let's you go to dance class. Yeah. She's like, love your shows in the living room and <laughs> keep that up. <laughs> and she, you know, she paid for all the dance classes. I did all the dance recitals. I got to do all of those things. But it was those underlying conversations of like, oh, man, you're, you're really good at this and you're really good at that. Planting those seeds and having those like sub conversations of, hey, there's all these other things that can not necessarily be your backup, but that you could do that would be awesome. And I think it's important for us to learn that balance with parenting our kids. We got to say the hard things, too. Well, and yeah, this is what the main focus of this show is. And so we want to just give you some practical examples that have happened in our own homes. I'm learning, as with everything, it is a fine line because you don't want to squelch their dreams and you don't want to be like Debbie Downer when they say something. But at the same time, you do want to recognize what are their strengths and weaknesses and where can I, and what kind of conversations can I have about those? Um, I remember years ago, my my son, he wanted to, he played football and he Came home one day and he was like, I told coach, I want to be a wide receiver. So for those of you who don't know what a wide receiver is, it's the one that runs down the field. I mean, you have to be super fast and catch the ball to score the touchdown. Well, of course he wanted to score the touchdown. Everybody wants to score the touchdown, right? Of course. He's a little kid. And I'm like, yay, you know, I just was yay for him. He wanted to play in the NFL, all the things, right? So he played his first year as wide receiver and 
privately, Matt said to me, this is not the right position for him. He, mm-hmm. He's he's not the fastest one on the field, Mandy. And I'm like, well, don't tell him that. Like that, we don't want to squelch him, you know. Just let's foster this. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. So he um, didn't get a lot of playing time as wide receiver, which was different from his other positions that he played, and he played all the time. And so he came home, and we had to have a conversation with him. And it it went like, honey, I know that's where all the excitement is. But part of being a team player is using your skill set to improve the team. And your skill set, you know the plays. You think fast with your with your mind on what needs to happen right away. But you're not the fastest runner, you know? And like being very honest with him about you're going to have to switch positions if you want to keep playing football. Yeah. And it was received so well. It, it, he didn't get frustrated with it. it. But it was a process that I think we had to let play out. We couldn't just say, you're not good at that. We had to let it play out, see what his kind of decisions his coach was making, which kind of lined up with what we were thinking, and then have the conversation in a delicate way. That's a great example of what we're talking about here. And, you know, we gave examples of when we were older, but these conversations, if you start having them when your kids are younger, then they'll get used to feeling like, oh, mom loves and encourages and dad celebrates and fosters opportunities for the things that I love. But also I can depend on them for truth and reality checks and guiding me. And I think if they get used to that environment, that's gold right there. That's that space you want to be in with your kids where they feel supported, but also guided and not just like, my mom's a cheerleader no matter what. Like I, I know that feels good, but in the end, I don't think that's what we're called to do. So I think if you're looking at what your kids are good at and something they're passionate about, here's an example of how you can take that and apply it to things that might be practical that you can kind of share with them now so they can have it in the back of their mind as they're growing up. So I have one kid that also wants to be an NFL superstar, but also wants to be a YouTube star. This is the culture they're in. It makes total sense. So either of those are possibilities, I suppose. But as we're talking about that, one of the fun things we've done is like, yes, play on the team and we'll encourage you and you know find the right position for you. That's great. My husband has been really good about talking about his physical and mental strengths out on the field and how that will apply to business or how that will apply to being a leader in the family. So planting those seeds that it's not just because you're athletic on the field, you should be in the NFL, but also, hey, those are great skills that you can use in other areas too, if this thing doesn't work out. And then with the YouTube thing, it's been super fun. We'll go out and we'll buy, he loves Pokemon. We'll go out and buy these Pokemon packs and make little YouTube videos with him. So he knows like, we're all about what you like. That's super cool. You can try it out. And then having the conversation afterwards, like, you know, sales, being a pastor, being a counselor, these are all things where when you have the kind of personality you do, people are drawn to that and they trust you and they're encouraged by you. And that's a gift. And so planting those seeds of other opportunities that they could start thinking about really helps when they're having those big dreams that may not be realistic. I love that so much. Such a practical example of how you're taking the things they love, like Pokemon, and making it a teachable moment about these are skill sets that you're building, and this could help you in these certain types of careers. So that way they have options. And when they finally have that moment when they realize, and most of them will, that they're not going to play professional sports, 
they're not feeling like a failure and like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything. They are already thinking about, oh, you know, mom and dad said I could do this, this or this because I'm really good at this. And then they start looking at different avenues. I love that example so much. And that's really the point. I can't tell you how many times my husband being in education at all different levels from high school down to pre-K, how many times he said, I have sat with kids just weeping when they realize like, maybe I'm not the star player or maybe I'm not going to be, and they don't feel like they have options and they feel devastated. And he's like, I don't want our kids to ever be in that place where they feel like their one dream is gone. Now what? And so that's really the point of this is giving our kids uh, a wider view of all the things that God has placed in them and how those things can be realized into an actual job or position or part of community that is practical. I do want to say, and I think we need to be careful here too. What if your kid loves a certain sport and you don't think they're good at it, but you want them to try another sport? Check yourself, parents. Make sure is it isn't you wanting to live through your kid. We need to be really careful of this because sometimes our kids have dreams and God God plants those dreams in their little hearts and minds and maybe it will con- it will happen for them. We we do have to be careful in the sense of we don't just want to redirect because we don't like what they're doing. Yeah. And I think sometimes we do that and we use it, well they're not going to be good at that or they're not going to be able to make a career of that. We use that as an example to deter them away. Um a perfect example is when my daughter wanted to go into theater. You know, in sixth grade, we had no idea. I don't know anything about theater, right? She's afraid of being on stage at the time. I was like, what? This this makes no sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. But she loved it. She's been in it now for seven years. It's been part of her high school journey. And she knew probably sophomore, junior year, she wasn't going to make a career of it. But we started talking about all the skills she was learning, being part of a team, mm-hmm. seeing the importance of even the the person operating the fog machine. Because if that doesn't work, then that whole scene is put out. So every person plays a critical role in what they bring to the table. Learning that, learning that people on stage are just as important off stage. Critical thinking skills of troubleshooting. Like she works behind the scenes a lot and has headphones on. And so if something goes down, she has to fix it right mm-hmm. right there on the spot. Critical thinking. And we have been talking a lot about how that translates into other careers. But I look back and I think, I, you know, I didn't know anything about theater. I had my reservations. I was like, really, girl? Mm-hmm. What? What if I would have deterred her from that because I didn't know that world? Yeah. And so don't do that. Or if you, it scared you. Or if, I think, it, yeah. if, if it scares you or if you don't know the world or you're like, I want them to play this. I always had a dream I would have a fly girl. You're going to dance. You know, <laughs> don't do that. Don't project what you want on their life. But at the same time, you do have to be realistic with them and you do have to be honest and you do have to say, you know, you're not the best at this but you're really great at this and what a great skill set this is to have and how it can change the world through this, this, and this. I've met a lot of parents who love their kids so much and they are just so fearful that they will hurt their feelings or that they'll squelch their dreams or that they'll be seen as the bad guy if they have these kind of conversations. And I get that. Like we want our kids to feel supported and celebrated and cheered on and able to have the big dreams. 
But I do believe if we're prayerful about it, Lord, show me the words to use. Give me the right space. Make it a moment where my kid's headspace is right to receive this. God can really use us in that iron sharpens iron way because we're not called just to celebrate. We're also called to refine and encourage and guide as parents. And this is one of those hard parts of parenting that is really, really important that we can't miss just because we're afraid of not being liked. Your tone and and the condition of your heart matters when you enter this conversation, as with most of the conversations we talk about. So absolutely, do not shame, do not put down, do not tear down, celebrate who they are and the unique gifts and qualities that they have. 